West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views. It's broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of September 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Shirley O'Regan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell and Carol McCatorn as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. County Views is available as a podcast. Just search for it on your favourite podcast apps. New episodes are uploaded by the end of Thursday each week. Good evening, listeners. You're all very welcome to County Views. It is Wednesday, the 1st of September, and those of you who are observant will have noticed that I'm not Pat O'Donovan. <laughs> I'm sitting in for him. Um, so we'll be with you until 11pm tonight. We have two guests at the moment. We're currently waiting on our resident panellist, Tom Ryan. Uh, we have Catherine Caldwell. I got your name right. <laughs> Good and we have Kirol McCarthy <laughs> Um, so welcome to the programme. Uh, don't forget, um, it is your programme too if you're listening at home. If you'd like to get in touch, if you have something that you think we should be talking about, you can call the station on 069 66 200. You can text um, or WhatsApp on 087 9800. And Jason is producing the programme tonight, so he will take your calls and messages. So what should we talk about to begin with? What do you think? Now, I know a couple of things have been flagged to me during the week and over the course of the weekend. One of the things um, that a number of people mentioned to me was uh, the the story about Brian Ledden and Elisa O'Donovan. Have you been following that? I know. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> You'll you have go. to explain the story okay. to us. Okay. So the Shirley. story. Um, so basically, I, I suppose the story broke initially on the the, the, the Irish Mail last Sunday, and it, it's been covered in the the Limerick Leader as well today. And the headline that the the Irish Mail gave us on Sunday is "Green TD is silent as female rivals abused by text." So it is about a WhatsApp group. Um, a WhatsApp group based in Limerick and, you know, I suppose abusive and misogynistic messages particularly directed to, to female members of council and things like that. And one of the things that I suppose I, I, I found the story interesting from a personal point of view and from, I suppose, an empathetic point of view because I think as a female who has often worked in male oriented professions, you know, I, I, I wasn't entirely surprised but I was disappointed. Shirley, could you explain like who, do, uh, like who these two people are? Yeah, sure. So Brian Ledden is is um, a Green Party uh, TD, and he is he a TD or a councillor? He is a TD, prominent Green Party TD, and Iraqis committee chairman has been embroiled in a row over a sickening series of slurs against women. The Irish Mail on Sunday can reveal. So this is the initial story that that broke on Sunday. Brian Ledden, chair of the powerful Iraq This Environment and Climate Action Committee, apologised last night for some comments he made on a WhatsApp group he set up in 2017. Other comments made by members of the policy-focused group, which include figures from prominent positions in Limerick, repeatedly referred to women viewed as rivals with misogynistic abuse. And there is, there's plenty, you know, they give us screenshots and everything. And as I say, it's, 
it's a worrying story in the sense that I, you know, it's it kind of brings us back to so many of the things I think that you have been talking about on the programme with regard social media and things like that. You know, that, that sometimes people think that they have a right to communicate in a way they never would if they were speaking to somebody directly. Well, it, one of the things with, with the social media is what would normally be a conversation in a room or a conversation at the water cooler or whatever is suddenly a conversation on a WhatsApp group. But they've forgotten that the WhatsApp group and that material stays on. That's and it. that has the potential to echo out and be seen. And people can take screenshots of it and share it. You know, just because you delete a message doesn't mean it, it's, it's effectively never deleted. But what amazes me is that, I mean, I can see it on, on say, for example, Facebook, and mm. you've got these people who aren't operating under their own name. Yes. And they think they have complete anonymity and the complete right to behave towards people and talk to people in ways they would never do or I, I certainly would never have seen in ordinary society but they think it's quite okay for them to take this sort of attitude because they're anonymous because it's only online and not thinking of the ramifications they're not aware of the impact of what they're, they're, they're saying and that's doing. exactly it I mean on the one level you're, you're, you're reading this and you're thinking my god a group of professionals you know highly regarded professionals you know that we are voting for are behaving in this manner and on another level you're thinking regardless of what they do like it's, it's inhumane to speak about people like this you know, it's it's unnecessary. It's it's. and uh, are all the people that are involved in this are they all uh, connected with politics or yes. the same party? Or no, they're, well, they're all party? they're all um, they're all it, it's cross parties, what I understand. But they are. When you said professional, I was just wondering like, what you meant by the word professional. Yeah, no, they they are they are. It it was a, a focus group, um, you know, based based within Limerick, apparently to to um to talk about things like like heritage and development and that. But you know, obviously, descend to to this level of vitriol towards one particular person or towards women in particular within the group. And I suppose what I find more worrying than, than the comments that they're making is that there's nobody within the group who is willing to step up and say this is inappropriate. Yeah, but and there's I no mean, women in the group? There are women in the group and they're not stepping up to saying it's inappropriate either. Hmm. Well, it's, it's the content being criticised because a person has a different point of view, uh, an opposing point of view to certain women, and they have they've made that known, or is is it a language, the or language, is it a, was it a and, dismissal and content. of yeah. their views? Yeah, no, both language and content. There, here are some examples. There are some examples here. Um, let me see. So I'm hoping there is some humanity in named person and she hasn't it but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it one person says and then Brian Ledden says that makes it seem like you've given up on grenade diplomacy and somebody replies if she has actually gone ahead and done that I'd cross the bridge and then throw the grenade at her while she was still on it you know it's just yeah, I think these people are spending too much time on social media groups. Um, and, and, and not enough time communicating effectively to each other in person. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, what baffles me is that uh, people can have so much time, they don't read newspapers, they don't listen to, to any, we said, uh, like what we would class as, you know, the mainstream news, uh, they'll tell you and they'll admit, they don't listen to any, any news, be it on radio or on TV, they don't read any, any, any newspaper, and this is their only outlet to have. And I think, you know, it has descended down into a very, very, very basic, raw type of conversation. And people just talk as if they're talking, uh, they, somebody over the hedge. They, they or, talk as if it's not another human being at the other end of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that is you know, the, the big drawback with, you know, with uh, social media that uh, it's not, as uh, Catherine said, you're, you know, you're, not, you're not looking at, at the person face to face. You can't see their expression. You can't see their looks. I mean, that looks and look at the person straight in the face is very important. Of course. Uh, as we are doing here now. And, you know, uh, when, when it's anonymous, basically, like, uh, people didn't, at, at times, uh, they don't even choose their words uh, you know, uh, very well, and they will re say, uh, refer or descend into um, vulgar language yes. and like, unnecessary language. And I think that is, we said, to be drawback with social media. I mean, uh, I'm on a few WhatsApps, but it is only basically to get a message, send a message. That's it. I mean, it's but um, unfortunately, it is a case that you know, sort of WhatsApp groups have have taken the the, the place of subcommittee meetings. Yes. Um, and, and I mean, I know that it has been necessary over the past eighteen months or so. Like that, we, we, it has been difficult for people to meet mm, in in the mm -hmm. way that we have suggested. You know, meet and literally speak yeah. face to face. But at the same time, it it doesn't have to, you know, it 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 doesn't have to descend. I think to to that level. Tom Ryan has told us. Falter River, River Marsh. Hi, Tom. Trapping problem, Catherine. Uh -huh. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so we, we've been talking. Uh, Tom, have you have you been following the story um, that that broke last Sunday with um, Brian Ledden and Councillor Lisa O'Donovan? I, I, well, I read a bit about it. I, I didn't. What did actually... you think? We were we were we were kind of chatting it out here. What did you make of it? Well, it's uh, it's very unsavoury anyway. You yes. know, that people in public life would be passing texts and carry on that kind of, you know, talk and behaviour. You expect more description from all parties, you know, but I, I'm, I'm shocked with it like that. Uh, I mean, I, you know, we were saying it like, yes, you know, their positions, you know, you would expect more from them, but, you know, just on a basic level of humanity, you would expect, you know, more courtesy and better communication, wouldn't you? Of course you would. It's an absolute disgrace, that's what it is. And definitely, like, when it's, uh, you know, when it's the Green Party, the people that, that, that we're looking at all the time, you know. Yes. And, and they're being quoted to I think the amples of how things should be done and they're quoting they're, they're pointing the finger at every issue you know and have people like that I mean, it's, uh, you know in the comfort zone of a, of a, you know, of a, a machine that you can pass those kind of comments about anybody Anybody, yeah, Anybody. yeah. It's shocking, regardless, actually, regardless yeah. of, of, you know, it's it's flagged here as a, as a gender issue because the comments were, were specifically passed regarding women. But you know, in any context, it's it's inappropriate. Okay, it's very inappropriate and very, and, and it's something that actually that that that, that they want to make a decision on now. And let you know, because he's he's actually like he he's, he's a very low-profile politician, you mm. know, and and a new politician on the national scene, especially and. You know, with a with, with the profile there is now with with the Green Party, I'm afraid that uh, their standards aren't great. Like in, if you go back over there since they were went into government and before they went into government, you know, it should never have gone.
gone into government? They were, well, I mean, really and truly, like, I suppose someone had to form a government, Catherine, you know? I mean, we weren't going to be, like, I just, ha- I just hate the fact that they're looking yeah. at the demise of the Green Party. Yeah, well... Quite honestly. Know, possibly. And, and, yeah. and, you know, sort I, of, I, I, I think yeah. they should have stood to a yeah. greater, to a greater calling, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, if, with, there was further coverage of it in today's Limerick Leader, with it, where people have called for for Brian Ledden's resignation. What do you do? You think that that's that? I mean, do you think that just gives them an, an easy way out, or do you think how how do you think? How well, nobody we... resigns in Ireland. They show apologies, you know, <laughs> yeah, and we move on. That's the, that has been the accepted procedure at national politics and local politics as well. And he, anything goes here. I mean, across the water, you're not quoting them. You wouldn't be quoting them as an example for anybody. But usually, in an issue like that, there'd be immediate resignation and there'd be a decision made about it, you know. But here, the Green Party didn't know, even within themselves. But they've been doing that since the, in recent times and before the the government and since them the government uh, they can't make a decision on anything we've had different issues and in particularly in the gender area with them and uh, you had also that in in candidate selection and that you know they were they were they're always like i mean internally i said they're at loggerheads and they're fighting like cats at the, you know. <laughs> a lot of a lot of old standard green party people have just sat back in dismay mm. Um, over over them co- going into government in the first instance and their performance Yeah, there was, a, there was a huge issue about going into government as well, Catherine, there. There were, because in actual fact, you know, they didn't uh, I'd say they, they were split even the, the, the vice president or leader of the party didn't want to go into government and she went in and took a, bit, uh, a ministerial position so the contradictions there are unbelievable, you know mm-hmm. But uh, coming back to social media like you'll be surprised now after all the the revelations uh, even today about you know I mean they should know that people can trawl through uh, texts and through uh, other um, uh, of these uh, social media like accounts like Twitter etc and they can go back years and like people why people are more careful and, and, and choose their words because I mean it's there forever and like an ever yeah, whether, whether you said it yesterday or, or, or it was said two years ago uh, and, and, uh, and, and in, in the public domain you would you would want to be very careful. Like, you don't use vulgar language, uh, insulting language. And so it, 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 it demonstrates that this person must have a very high opinion of, 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 of himself, or else he, uh, is, he, is he kind of defending himself against similar uh, slurs? You know, I don't know who it is. Yes. I mean, I have no interest in it anyway. Because I had to ask here, who? Um, believe it or not, I had to ask who Brian Nedden was. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. That I, no, no, and, and I mean be, that. He wouldn't say to no, well, they actually have a, have a little section here in, when the story broke on Sunday, a little column saying, who is Brian Ledden? Yeah, <laughs> you know, they, well, they everybody actually. is entitled to start in politics and start... Um, well, yeah. start and, but the one good thing about it, though, Ms. Earl, is that does it indicate these people what what their mindset is and the thinking of them? And that's a good thing, you know. I mean, okay, you, I often you, you'd often hear the hear the, the actual cliche behind closed doors. I'd be totally against that. I'm also it's just what person says and what they do, you know, in the open and let let it be. Uh, 
all and found out. But it's good thing to know what these people are like and what they think and the way they speak and what they think of other people, especially what they think of the other gender of women or, or anybody else. You know, it's no harm to, to find out what they're thinking. It's very important in my book anyway for especially and people in people like in public life, I mean, you need a, a standard higher than that. And unfortunately, in this country, we're not created to like whatever it is in, the, in our psychic. And Tom, also, there is a kind of a slang now, especially in, in big cities. Sometimes you start to be figuring out, like, what do they mean by certain, you know, certain, certain words? You know, if you're not, like, uh, or favourite the whole thing, you would say, what do they mean by that? You know, they have slang words. They have uh, words to criticise, to, to put down a person. Yeah, and we have to yeah. wondering, you yeah. know, like, where this all comes from. And maybe a lot of these people are lacking uh, basic uh, vocabulary that they can't express themselves better. Well, they're all highly educated anyway at, at, at the state's expense, like, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't use that as an excuse. No, I'm not using it. Yeah, yeah, I know you're not. No, yeah, you, yeah, you're but, I mean, right saying, like. but people can get so used to yeah. talking this, like, in this manner that, like, after a while, it's, it's, it's the norm. Yeah. Well, it is. The, the tone of what, what was read out there from the WhatsApp is very much the tone of what you see on comments pages. Yes. On Facebook or, it, or, or on Twitter. It's, it's not indicative of how people would communicate if they were face to face. Like it's very, it's very cowardly. It's very childish, but just it's just inappropriate mm. on all all levels. But it shows you, you see, what they're made of. That's, and, and surely it's important to know that if we want to take into mind the people that represent us, the people we vote for, the people that make our make our laws and and uh, represent us, it's important that we know what they're like in their own. Little world as well, but of course, like I mean, one pay pad and very much. We had the example there of a Donald Trump for years. I mean, what he said about women, and said it like through the spoken word. Yes. I mean, it would be wouldn't be acceptable anywhere. So I mean, he vulgarised a lot of language. He, no, this was boy, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable stuff. Like I'm going to show you. So we discussed in this program here numerous times. Yes. Now, so we have a message here from Mike Barrett. He says, this is the same Mr. Ledden that deprived North Kerry area of hundreds of jobs in the programme for government. And that's from Mike Barrett. Yeah, well, I don't know what Mike might elaborate there. Like, yeah. I, would, I, it I, the, would it be the, um, the proposed... Um, Oil terminal or gas terminal in a better oh, for the one that yes. they were suggesting would have eight data centres along with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a huge suck on energy. Yeah, well, the that, that might be that might be the one now, but we're second guessing that. We don't. Yeah, we're not sure yeah, mean. But, but the Green Party are, are totally against that, and well, now it has become kind of common. You know, they said that in general the, the, the opposition is there for you know, like and account of the flat gases, the flat gases that they're going to mm-hmm. import into it, like and. Mm-hmm. The, well, we we're yeah, not prepared to frack our land. We shouldn't be prepared to take gas from somewhere else right. that's been fracked. Yes. Well, that's that people saying. have their yeah. water being set alight and they're horrendous. Yeah, I mean, if you're against it in principle, you're against it. You know, yes. you can't you yes. can't be. You know, it's it's not it's not something that you you can say not in my backyard about, is it? No. <laughs> you know. Well, the, I everywhere. mean, the whole uh, our whole energy energy future and energy supply and maintenance like is on at the moment is I mean very precarious because we're listening at at, at the moment that we mightn't be able to reach uh, we'll have overcapacity 
this winter. Well, they're and, talking uh, about blackouts yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, and the generators that, that they had on standby and higher, you know, and the generators, like if we come down to having generators, we'll be going back to total world status supplied by the United Nations and by their, by their I mean, subsidiaries. But, like, so that's another issue, like, that, that has to be taken very, very seriously as well. Certainly. You know, they closed down uh, Lensborough, uh, Shannon Bridge, and, yeah. and one other, uh, uh, you know, Fired yeah. uh, Station. Peat Holland Midlands yeah, and, and again wind power can't yeah. be stored wind power yeah. can't be stored that's the reality yeah. and when the wind isn't blowing yeah. you have no power from now yeah. and, uh, and, and actually there was outages yeah. Tom there was a very good letter uh, written in the Sun Independent uh, I just can't imagine just around just after Christmas and there was a lot of uh, outages local outages last winter mm. and it was down to that now it was kept yeah. quiet it was kept yeah. quiet well, it because the load yeah. came on usually around and there were always a cord around Five o'clock in the evening, yeah, the when pee, people would yeah. say return to their home, put on cookers, etc., etc., and the next thing, no power. Yeah. They had to cut because there was an overload. Yeah. And uh, people would ask you, why? You know, no storms, no nothing, yeah. no bad weather, yeah. and people were saying, hey, we've no power for four or five hours. Yeah. But the national grid, you see, and, and, and it's, I've, I found it very, very unusual, you know, about three weeks or a month ago, that they made this public announcement, the management of the national grid, and uh, that, that there would be outages. And it was never, we were talking about Texas, and we were talking about every issue, but uh, I mean, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big one, and it was never kind of... Uh, Followed up as to what was going to be done about it, like you know, I mean, and how could it be avoided? I, it, it died, but but it was clearly stated. So when it happened, and it will happen now, that's a show we told you that last August, mm-hmm. like that didn't want to be out, just like. But it, and it strikes me as crazy, Tom, that at a time when, okay, I mean, we, we might have a debate as to why we're in the situation with regard to, you know, sort of being on tenterhooks with regard to having enough power at all times for the population but if you turn around and you look at eight data centres and they're they're approving data centres up in in Dublin and these things are massive drains and they're not being put in with any requirement for them to make their own energy or to you know sort of to 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 be independent um in terms of energy they're and yet these are going in while we're still fragile in terms of our Yeah, our well, you're dead, you're dead right there, Catherine. But what I'm, what I'm actually... I think people don't actually understand what they are, you know, they, because they're not a, a, a big employer, like, you know... I mean, no, the, the, it'll just be the actual manufacturer, manufacturer the, the, the building, the building of it. The building yeah. of it and the, the construction. But um, the, the actual... You're right about the, about the usage of, of electricity, like... And, and uh, energy, it's unbelievable. And they, they are putting them in everywhere. You know what I mean? And, and they're going in like without any cash plans for us. They're trying to record all those yeah. social so media messages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is the price people are paying now for people expect that there is inf- instant information on every topic yeah. from, from every part of the world. Like, it has to be stored somewhere. It has to be computed somewhere. And that's a, that's a simple fact of the matter. Now, a lot of people that object to basic farming and basic other things, they're very quiet and very silent and nothing to say about the massive consumption these uh, data centres are taking. They want to have this new world now where they can just click their phone, uh, go to Google, and Google can tell them everything. Can tell them how to add, can tell them how to multiply. They can't do it themselves. 
anymore and they want to know uh, what is the score in the latest match in some part of the world they expect like to have it well this, this is a, this is the price that you pay it is a very 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 big cost Oh, and which is more important, putting food on the table, uh, having said, better like real employment, real jobs, uh, rather than people having you know, the comfort of their phones and be able to uh, having access to information about everything in the world and expecting to and expecting to find it and giving out what well, we can't find it on Google. Yeah. So what if we can't find it on Google? What do we do before Google? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are encyclopedias there. there are there. Oh, we did write. So you did write, you didn't what you're saying. But look, what, what, at, at, in the early stages of this, you know, that um, sure anyone with any limit of a brain in their head would know that that's thought we're going down. I mean, it has, it, it has uh, social media has taken over. Like, I mean, uh, it has taken over conversations. In actual fact, it's a good thing because, I mean, for the past week, I've met a good few people that have been that have have said we we wouldn't miss the Wednesday night program for, for anything. I said it's good to hear that anyway. People want to hear people talking anyway. Exactly. Yes. Usually they're looking into they're looking into iPhones and mm-hmm. little, what you call them. Looking computers. on screens. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have um, I have another message here uh, from Christy Kelly. He says hi all. There is so much hypocrisy regarding the green agenda in so many areas. As an example, an electricity supply company which has a number of wind farms local to me advertise their so-called green carbon-free energy, yet they're using service vehicles which are powered by diesel. Regards, Christy Kelly. On the ball, Christy's always on the ball. One of the things that always strikes me with regard to the wind energy, and like I've been you know, sort of promoting renewable energies, but promoting more that we actually reduce our energy demands for a long time. Um, but one of the things they seem to forget about is all of the energy that went into doing all that digger work, all the energy that went into the making the, the concrete, all the energy that went into making the whole big structure. So they're not doing actual proper energy accountancy. They're, they're it doesn't. It doesn't no. add. Are we talking no, about over yeah. the twenty years that they're viable? Mm. It doesn't actually add up. Yeah. But it's something. We, there is a need for energy to come through in this point in time. There's no point in scrapping them at this stage, but continuing. Yeah. I mean, the poor people up in Leitrim, <coughs> I feel so sorry for them. They got surrounded by Quilcher, Manor Hamilton, Good. surrounded by Quilcher first. And now they're being, Quilcher are putting in windmills all around them. They literally, the, the, the plans will have the whole town surrounded by windmills. Mm. What do you say? If it wasn't enough with all the city spruce. I suppose, like, it's, it's a complicated, it's a very, very uh, big debate, you know, as to what's going to happen long, long term because the fossil fuels, like, are liable to run out as well. You know, I mean, they will run out. Just, they will, they we're run out, we're yeah. scraping the barrel now. I mean, the RTL is, you know, I mean, is really, I say, in decline now, you know, and uh, they're looking at gases from Russia and, you know, and even the dependency and the consistency and the of supply there, so it's it's a huge area, like, and you know it's to be a very very wise person would know what's going to happen eventually, like, and take twenty or thirty years time, what's the, the actual picture going to be like then, you know, because people have to live, they have to work, they have to get employment. How do you do, what do you do? You know, I mean, the industrialization, you know, what's happening in China? I mean, is they don't care, they have no regulations and lawyers, and they couldn't tell the truth on any issue, like. 
Not a mind. I mean, not, not a mind. I mean, the cold burning stations that, that they have. And uh, they're a power, they're a world power now. Number one, I suppose, world power now, especially after Af- Af- Afghanistan. They must be laughing all the way to the, I won't say to the bank, but that's the bank there too, like. But the point about it is that uh, they're, the way they're burning coal, and, and, you know, into the atmosphere, like, it's unbelievable. They don't care, you know So I mean? But, but, and, 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 and here, uh, maybe something, I know uh, it's not a popular thing to say, but maybe we would have to actually revisit nuclear power. Uh, you know, I know there was massive uh, opposition to nuclear power back in the 60s, and we had the C&D and all that. There'd be no alternative. There'd be no alternative. No, apparently, at the moment, no, at the moment, they're talking about getting a connector from France to yes. Ireland. Yeah. And France has many, many nuclear, um, uh, nuclear stations. Yes. So are we hypocritical again to say we'll take power from France that is being generated by nuclear power and we won't do it ourselves? No, sure. there, is, yeah. there, there is great risks and dangers yeah. in having nuclear. But I think, you know, they have, uh, well, one uh, is, we say it's the actual... Um, um, uh, but say uh, the actual uranium, the spent uranium, is the problem. You know how to. You know, that is you know, radioactive. Oh, for, like, yeah. mm-hmm, that is radioactive for so many years afterwards, and how to actually get rid Countless of it. Years, and, and, and how, but sure, the same thing. Yeah, then you have solar power as well. So all of these things will have to come into the equation. So you only look at Sellafield. You know, I mean, sure, isn't that? I'm going to say, yeah. half, half England. You know, mm-hmm. they get into the back door. To the yeah. back door, so, yeah. like, You just have to look at Chernobyl and it's still radioactive, oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> you know? It is, yeah. It is, and Japan, you know, so I mean, there is an area that definitely, like, is not being discussed for some reason. The reality is, is the Irish people made a, like, made a decision. At, at that time by way of a lot of protest and everything else and I wasn't old enough to be out there protesting myself but I know my, my old boss Jim McNamara was and a lot of people around the country were and so that was our decision the French didn't make that decision they decided that they would go with nuclear power it's not like a situation where you've got people who are literally having the ground polluted underneath them and their water table polluted without any decision on their part, mm-hmm. where you have with the gas fracking. But the reality is, is that there are newer technologies and newer ways to go about things that wouldn't actually create as much pollution as is presently pol- being pr- produced by way of the, of the nuclear systems that are in place at the moment. Because the nuclear systems that were, are in place at the moment were actually chosen so that they actually would be able to produce the um, materials that would be used in nuclear bombs. So that it was a, a double whammy. A double whammy so, exactly. so they were using this dirty form of nuclear energy because by way of it, they would have material that they could flow into the military industrial complex yeah. in their war against each other. Russia and, and America as it was in the Cold War then and, and whoever since but the potential is there to make much cleaner systems mm-hmm. I'm not really suggesting yeah. that we do but, but it is possible insane that. I'm going to have to hold you until after the ad break Tom if that's okay oh, we've got an ad break due and we have some messages to come to after it as well we will be back yeah. after the ads County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors Limerick and Newcastle West for all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of September 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Shirley O'Regan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell and Carol McCatorn as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. We, we have a more heated debate in the ad break than we have during the programme, I think. Um, so you are tuned to County Views. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, you can call the station on 069 200. You can text or WhatsApp 087 9800 and Jason will take your messages or calls. I am, of course, joined by Carol McCartan, uh, Catherine Caldwell, and our resident panellist, Tom Ryan. And I am in the hot seat tonight. I am minding the house. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a couple of messages that we can run through. So we have um, the Greens closed down Borden and Mona, and now we are importing briquettes from Latvia and Germany. That makes some sense. And that's from Mike Barrett. <laughs> it does indeed, Mike. Um, let's maybe leave the Greens alone for the moment, but we'll, we'll have it there anyway. And we have, um, could the panel discuss the financial situation in RTE? And could West Limerick 102 send them a contribution out of the 50-50 draw? <laughs> That's from Mary Moroni and Katha. Mary, we're doing really well with the 50-50 draw, but I don't know if we have enough to send to RTE, and I don't know if we'd want to. And we also have another message here from James in Dual. James in Dual called, what's the panel's view on Simon Coveney deleting government business off of his private phone? So more text messages, more. Have you, have you, have you seen the coverage of this on this evening's news? Um, I had it on the radar. Um, again, it has become a boring subject now. To be quite a, a boring. Uh, this Catherine is upon the whole episode and saga. I've lost interest in it. I mean, there's many, many, many more. And Tom, we debated here. Like, there's far more serious issues there out is, there than there talking about when a text was sent or how it was sent and who it was sent. To. It doesn't interest me in the slightest. So I would have no comment to make on it. I think it's making news for the second news. There's a lot of serious issues. Uh, issues out there, and if that is the only thing that uh, that, the, that the main media have to talk about, and if it's if, and if that's going to solve any of the major problems we have in this country, God help us. It's just, I mean, as you say, it's it's taking too much airtime. Like it, we've it, we've been there, we've done that, and I suppose one of the the main comments that that I heard about this evening, which you know I thought was the most pertinent comment, was was you know that there should not be surprises within a coalition. You know the fact that Michal Martin didn't know anything about this, that you know. That's that tells us more about what they're doing or, or how they're conducting business than the content of the messages. Well, then you, you see, uh, surely I, I know Kieran is it bored with it, and a lot of these <laughs> things become very boring, and uh, you know, and they look they look flippant as well. But I I certainly would take a different view on that. And again, we spoke earlier about uh, about Leiden and his behaviour, but you see. 
this situation is not about taxes or, or getting them deleted. It's about the content and it's about the people that did it and it's about the whole affair of appointing your, your friends and your... Uh, the, in, just the government. underhanded nature of the thing. It's, it's you know... Yes, it is, yeah, but it's a very serious matter when people like that can go on a solar run and appoint these people. And it's happening... Now, if this was the first appointment made under those conditions, well, so be it. But this, is, this has been a regular way that we've looked after our friends and our cronies and our political hacks. It's nothing new. Down the years, nothing new. But at least this time they they were found out. And you see, it shows you it's, uh, it shows you that the appointment was made just to suit Catherine Savone, situated over in New York and in her own her own hometown. And uh, you know, it's a lovely little, it's a, it's a handy little number and it's a nice title to have and it gives you access to United Nations, whatever they're doing, like about anything I'd like to know. But at the same time, it shows you the underhand nature of that our top politicians. And that is the main criteria here, the main problem. The way we do business in this country, oh, all all pelt act and yeah. and all cronies. Nepotism alive and well. Nepotism yeah. is, is is the exact description of it. It's an, an unbelievable carry on. When we ask your on, says we have serious problems, and I'll tell you something. If you were in a position of of making decisions and in power, like could be like our minister of foreign affairs and our minister for the army and everything like that. Coveney, you think you'd have a lot more to do than well, to fight jobs exactly your pals. But that's Ireland and that's, that has a way to it has been and it will continue to be that way until we elect the people that are of sound and of solid people. But we won't do that because we'll go down the same road that we do that, that we've done for the last hundred years. That's it. What do you think, Catherine? Uh, just one one comment with regard to because it goes back to this whole issue of social media and our interconnectedness and phones, etc. It, et it brings us back to where we started at the end in the program exactly. today again. Yeah. And what occurs to me is that if he's doing work on his phone, and this was work, yes. Then, then that's his work phone. It's it's like the communication, the the emails that you know, sort of whomever you know, sort of Hillary tried to delete or whomever tries to delete out off their systems to cover their tracks or using different systems to cover their tracks. No, if you're a person who's in a in a position of you know, sort of serving the people, which is what they're there to do to yes. serve us, not themselves, not their friends. But their work phone is public property, is part exactly. of the public record. His own private phone, he can delete all the messages he wants. He can do he what wants. he wants with it, yeah. His public phone is public record and he has no right to be going deleting, trying to cover his tracks or anything else. It's a shocking example of... Um of cronism and you know and a lo- of low level politics you yeah, know but there's the always been that yeah, in but Tom. that doesn't make it right Catherine you see no and it doesn't surely but there's a history we have and Cyril has said we have serious problems in the country oh, yeah, but massive problems so therefore you see sorry Cyril you see when we see these people behaving like this and you know 
then how can you expect people of that level of, of integrity to tackle big problems? They can't because they're small-minded, they're narrow-minded, they're focused on, on, on issues like they look after their pals and their friends and the whole lot. That's what they're focused And that is, unfortunately, what we're dealing with here at national level with a lot of our politicians, a lot of them. Not a mall, but people in power that have these decisions to make. We've, I've experienced it, I've seen it myself at work, and we've all seen it down the years in appointments to semi-state companies, to every kind of a commission, the judiciary, the, or, or it's rotten to the court. It's the, and we, how do we solve it, Tom? We, we solve it by... And the only way we have a solving, Catherine, is, but we won't solve it this way. But it, there is, a, there is a, a, an answer to this, and it can be solved in the ballot box. That's how we solve it. And as long as we keep voting for people like Coveney and Verdicker and Martin and, and, and those individuals, we are going to... Uh, what, what, what demonstrable way have we got as voters to know that the person that we're putting in there isn't going to follow this same historical pattern. Well, we know that's a good because point. Fianna Fáil have done it, Fianna Gael have done it. Do you know? Sort of, it's it's, it's right across. But the, it's the, endemic. The, like it's, that it's in but that doesn't that doesn't give us the clearance. It doesn't give us. It doesn't justify what we're doing. Cyril went for election on numerous occasions. The men have high integrity, hard work. I mean, Christie. Who has been? Who has been? Like I mean, always here talking. Very, very intelligent man. Unbelievable contributor to the program and to local politics and national politics. I went for election. We say myself didn't decide be any good, but at the same time, like I mean, people you see get the opportunity. There are plenty of people, and until we decide here in this country that we have to follow the line, but you see, there's too much old connection with, with, with people. They have too much power over people and they'll, they'll get their way and they'll be elected again and they'll go down the same road. But it's the ballot box, the only way you have doing it, you can, there won't be a revolution because that won't be allowed. There, you can't go out and, and stop the road. That won't be allowed either. The pro, you can't even protest in this country now. You can hardly even have a voice in this country now. But, <laughs> well, because, after the 22nd of October, I'm because, sure we're allowed yeah, to protest again, aren't we? Because you're, going to, are you're, going, to be, you're yeah. going to be sanctioned as being a troublemaker and a rebel rather than a, and a dissident. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you know, we have the whole lot to do, but people want to cop them to then. That's what they want to do for the first thing, anyway. Well, they, they just, you know, vote with your feet, you know, like... They, I know that it doesn't it doesn't solve the situation we're in, but you can you can choose you not choose these people again. You know, you know that's that's all. Well, um, if we you look at if you look at Leiden now, say we spoke, we've spent half no talking about him there already. I mean, like, you know, who who would go in and vote for him again? I mean, you run against your head, anyway. Like to be honest about it, that kind of a, no. Mm. I mean, he's not alone. He's not alone. At least it's known what he did. Yes. But he's not he, he, he the only one that has gone down the road of misconduct and behaviour unbecoming like. All right, we have, we have some more messages popping in here. Hello, panel. Lovely to hear a lady's voice hosting the programme tonight for a change. Hello. You're doing a great job. Can the panel throw any light on the latest developments and announcements at the, at the Opera Session? at the Opera Centre in Limerick City from Jean Joan, a concerned Limerick City listener. 
Do we know anything? Do we, do we, are we familiar with the, the, uh, yeah, the opera centre? I don't even know what it is, so I can't comment on it. <laughs> well, oh, it's a big, it's, it's a huge development, like in the in the, in the city. And is this, is this is this for concerts and all that type of thing? No, no, it it, it was called the Opera Centre after I think Catherine Hayes. Oh I think, yes, uh, the Opera. Now, my historical uh, information here might be accurate, but I, I believe that's what the name came from. It's Patrick Street, Lower Patrick Street, Patrick Street, which would be from the from from the O'Connor Street, down, you know, down that part of the city. Seriously, decline, and uh, a lot of the places closed down. There was a few banks there and a few, few places, and they closed down. But Limerick City and County Council, you know, and it's something that I always couldn't understand, formed a, a semi-state company within the governed, controlled and financed by the council and by I don't think central funds at all but I think it's borrowed money by the council hundreds of millions and they have gone into projects like this this is a massive project and uh, it's a it's multi-million project now this is and you see they had they, they, you, you might have heard of the actual of the hanging gardens you know, well, that, have you mentioned it here, yes, that was another famous event. That was one of their first um, positions and their first job and their first adventure, we call it, into, into construction. The county, city and county council, actually. There are, there are some members of the county council, directors of this. There's a few highly paid officials as well, directors, managing directors, CEOs and all. This is big, this is big money now for, for, for and uh, kind of a musical chair job. You might be a chairman of the county council, next thing you'll be our chairman, CEO of the council, next thing you'll be chairman of, to, of 2030. And I, I, I argued early on with them themselves, because they didn't, added and put a housing program under the same status as 2030 and do that, they should have done that 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but they didn't. But not to be boring any about it, but this is a serious development. Now, today, there was an announcement by the City Council, again, that they have only one tenant, tenant I think, there at the moment, and that is um, the revenue. <laughs> Lovely people. <laughs> and uh, they surely be able to pay the way. <laughs> pay the rent anyway. <laughs> but uh, they have now decided that that the whole thing has to be changed and they have, I, I think, implied, uh, acquired a new consultancy company on top of about four more consultancy companies. This is unbelievable stuff. Way outside now, in my opinion, the realms of the council and what they're doing. And this is, a, they're building up uh, this part of the city, where, where all over the country the city centres are in decline, we're going to we're going to the, the reverse way so with no with no tenants only I think one, you know. So this is a mess, but it, but it's only been it's only again it's something something that's been done without any I think question by our councillors who we pay and who we elect to go in and look after. You see, if they were doing their job, that this would be scrutinised a, a lot closer than this. And it's a loose end. There are very fat jobs in there, fat cats with big money, big titles, and big ideas, and big pals as well. So this is one to be really looked at by our councillors seriously, but we, they haven't the capacity, I think, to above their heads to balance the board. But we'll talk about it again. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's but something like, that's Tom, kind of... Is, is, the, like, is the object of this exercise... Uh, 
urban renewal? Is it to bring business or is it to bring people back into that part of the city uh, to live there again? Or is it a, uh, a bit of, of everything? No, uh, it, 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 yeah, it, yes, I, I certainly that would be the general idea, you see, of it. Like. But normally that comes as that comes as a commercial enterprise and it's a, not to be, I think, when you initiate that and when you borrow money and when your council borrows money to that extent and out, uh, something, this is outside the realm of Limerick City and County Council by a mile. Sure. But, but have, Tom, you mentioned re- retail. Uh, yeah, yeah all, this, all this is, is, is supposed to be, in, no. you, you're renewing part of the city centre. That's going to cost hundreds of millions, like. Now, that's all borrowed to, money. That's all borrowed money. We're going to have to head to an ad break. I'll just take a swift message to, to conclude what we were saying about the Zappone affair. Um, this is from Christy Kelly again. Hi, Shirley. The Zappone affair is just another example of the skullduggery that goes on in areas of power, both locally and nationally. We already had a Garda commissioner losing a number of phones, and now we have an aspiring Taoiseach involved in an appointment cover-up. Why can't they just be truthful? What a tangled web they use when they decide to deceive. Regards, Christy Kelly and we're off to another ad break. Well said Christy, well said. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of September 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Shirley O'Regan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell and Carol McCatorn as this is the podcast of County Views. The phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Okay, welcome back. I have more messages, more messages and more things for us to talk about. And a message from Polly. Hi, Shirley. She says, nice to hear you. I miss Pat. He'll be back next week because I won't be here. (laughs) But you're doing a good job. Thanks, Polly. It's good to relax with a nice mug of tea and apple tart and to hear my Tom answer all the questions. Sure, you couldn't go wrong. Polly, Hi to the panel and a big kiss for my Tom. And that's from Polly the Poet. (laughs) Tell Polly. Polly. Um, what, we have other messages. Hello, panel. Does the panel welcome and support the new gambling regulations? And that's from Tom Kennedy in Adair. Do we know anything about the new gambling regulations? Well, as well, so gambling has become uh, one of the biggest plagues uh, besetting this country and mm-hmm. probably other countries as well over the last 10 years. And especially since it became uh, possible to do it on, online. Uh, you don't have to leave your, the comfort of, of your own thing. home. And, and it, doesn't this bring us right back to where we started again? Yes. 
back Absolutely. to back to social media, instant information. Oh, yes, you instant, know, back to being able gambling. to yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in your face. You can't you can't escape from it. Uh, it draws people in. It's like a magnet, and uh, people get uh, hooked on it, unfortunately. And uh, you know, the consequences are disastrous as people have taken their own lives. People have finished up uh, uh, for counselling. Now there's been very brave people have come out, like uh, Hoshi McConville there, yes. uh, the, um, our footballer, and he's uh, you know a great. Uh, a role model for you know try, trying to uh, change our ways, but people get who and those people are getting hurt at, at a very young age now as well. It's it's aimed at young people. Uh, it's it's been it's been incorporated into some of the game platforms. Oh, I'd imagine so, so that there's you know sort of the you you can. Um, kind of gamble to to gain powers or yes, and, and literally all like it, it just asks you, are you over eighteen? Click this box. But you know anyone can click a box. That's Absolutely. that's the thing. You know, yeah. it's not there's no way of checking. So that there is that whole you know sort of mm-hmm. pull in, and the 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 biological element seems to be very similar. So you've got the the dopamine response mm-hmm. that you're 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 plugging into playing games is also somewhat similar to the one that 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 actually feeds people through in in gambling. Yes, and I think one it should be taxed. I mean, if there was a big tax put on these companies, obviously. Uh, there's very little tax. There was a tax there one time. No, I'm not a betting person, but one time there was so much, like when you placed a bet, I'm talking about the simple betting, you know, pre-modern uh, uh, times, uh, there was so much. But they, they did away with that for some reason. And now it's a free-for-all, as far as, I'm, as far as I know. Well, you see, the power of the gambling companies is unbelievable, you know, and this is, as you rightly said, this is the greatest addiction and course, like, on, on society. That has a, it's, it's worse than drug addiction because it's a silent one. And uh, the, the consequences of it are unbelievable, you know. And they're, they're doing now, what they're doing now is what they should have done 20, 30, 40 years ago. There should be a gambling regulator. In England, they have, they have, um, they have some kind of regulator and they have, they have some kind of control, but it's only, it's weak as well and watery. And all gambling companies, you see, are, are so powerful now. They have so much control. They gamble on everything. Every aspect of life and sport and, and behaviour is, and it's instant, as you said, Shirley. It's, it's, on, it's going on all night, 24-7. And uh, the age profile is dropping down all the time. And Catherine said it's going to even play games even, you know. So we're too late for all this. We're too late because they have power. They also had huge influence, and um, you know there's certain there's certain companies there, and you kind of think of as your uncle. You know they're so they're mentioned so often, and during our hurling games and all, all our football games, there's huge gambling adverts where are illegal number one, but our national stations are allowing them all the time. 
uh, to really, really get people going, you know. There's also a huge criminal aspect to them. You know, it's unbelievable. I mean, you see, when you think about gambling, you think about horse racing, but it's actually it's crept into soccer now. You have games being fixed, soccer games, snooker games, tennis games, hurling games involved. When I was manager of Limerick, I used to get letters from people that had gambling, that had amounts gambled on matches that frighten you. And the actual content of the letter, you could feel it. You could feel the actual tension of the person that wrote it. I mean, I'd, I'd have a huge interest in this area, like... Uh, as um, you know, as as an interest, I I I had I bet in 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 houses nearly every day of the week myself. But you, you see, these gambling companies, like what they've done in this country and the the, the crimes they've committed, they, and crimes they were because they have, what they do is, they when they get you in and and when you're if you have a lot of money, we've known people that have got jail, we know people that had big public jobs, gambled millions. They were taken in, in holidays. They were taken to all the big fixtures, all the matches. They had uh, football matches in England. The amount of of skullduggery that, that has been carried on in this country by these companies is unbelievable. And the way that and the way then they're allowed sponsor horse racing, sponsor matches, sponsor everything. And the kind of and they they the money they spent on the social aspect of it, entertaining people that are addicted. But if you're winning off them, they show your account, they say you have a gambling problem. But if you're losing, and if you have money, and if you have houses to go, well, that's, that has, the consequences of it are unbelievable. Socially, mentally, and it affects everything. And it's the one aspect of it that people should be kind of, you have to be charitable as well. You have to respect and try and help people that have this problem, you know, because it's unbelievable. And the depth that, that, it, that it has... The, the, the extent that it, it has now spread is frightening. That's in Ireland alone, and that's across the world, but we're talking about Ireland. And one company in England, one company, is they're not, in, they're not confined anymore to countries now. They're international now. And one CEO, she's a lady living in Gibraltar, what her, what her salary is, is $560 million. That's what she got there last year. Mm. Yeah. Can you imagine? Richest woman, women in the world. Yeah. yeah. Actually, gambling. Now, any, you see, the actual history of this, and you see, it has kind of as well, people like to hear, you know, like we listen to what, you know, we're there, we're, listening, we're reading all day about the drug gangs, and oh, we have a kind of an interest. It, it, it's a kind of a thing that you want to hear about. You want to hear about it. But you see, when you look at, the, the, the actual the, the way these companies are ran and the way the, the sporting organisations are ran you think greyhound racing horse racing all those and when you when you see then the, the actual what the, the, the overriding I mean checks on those is unbelievable like I mean you, you, you have less up in horses I mean with millions at stake like they are a community the following morning and they say Matthew the Muslim, you know, I mean, but these, these are criminals, like, <laughs> but, but it's white colour, it's unseen. And, the consequences and the victims are unbelievable. And, Tom, and we mustn't forget um, the National Lottery is, is contributing You're to that. You're on the ball. Because I, 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 on. I was in a shop recently and I'd known a person and I was amazed the amount of various uh, uh, 
say games they played, a lot of it was bingo. Yeah. Uh, bingo every day, because they were, they were in the shop and they were going to do their bingo, two or three uh, rounds of bingo, then you know, uh, the national lottery draw, the Euro I, I, I was listening to that. I think they paid something over 55 euros. And again, you can do... 5 euros. No, that's just a lot of money. No, and I'm just, I don't know what it, like whether the person comes back like a second time, like in the week or not. Sure. But they, that's they're like, they have bingo every day. Yeah. No, a lot of people say it is innocent stuff, maybe 10 euros. But if, if you add it up, it's 10, still costly, 10 euros a day, like, yeah. maybe six days a week, that's 60. And you multiply that. Uh, over the course of the oh, year, yeah, it I mean, is costly. Big money. But you see, so, you see we, have, we, have, we, paint, we pay too much respect to these people like mm-hmm. and, to, and and we we kind of talk about it like we're talking about it here tonight but there's nothing been done about it I mean that National Lottery like I mean it's, 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 by it's a huge addiction it's owned by Canadian it is, so, yeah. uh, some Canadian teachers so th- it's something. not like I mean I, I I remember back at the sweepstakes sort of well, that was, you know, that was of, corrupt as well that was corrupt to the court sure. was it oh, yeah. okay because I can only remember it as, as being a child and seeing it as all very clean and nice well, know, well, it, that's the way well, it, that is the marketing that's the way it's been marketed yeah. mm. there's huge ads in all the media papers in, in all the media in the television radio constant talking about it on radio they're, they're on constant talking about it they're on in every bit and office in the country they're going on you will do this and we'll do that and have all top sport, sports team personalities particularly in racing they're, they're giving tips and they have them all employed and they have jockeys that, that it's unreal like and people take all this in and there is a, there is a, a, there's a very very sorrowful road there we say like that we have ignored and look it's, they're, they're, they're selling dreams to people or well, the, you know so yeah, they're, they're selling hope and dreams the, 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 the idea of a dream well. like the, the, yeah. the, the, the notion well, I mean, but, but I mean Tom when was the last Time there was a serious question asked in Leinster House or in Northern or in the Senate about the whole problem of uh, gambling and uh, addiction. None at all. What I'm trying to say here is today now news is dominated by Catherine Zappone. Yes. This is the subject that we should be talking about. Because this is. And continuously talk about it and get to the root of it. And but, try and stamp it out. But we can't just say it's because why? The influence, the influences that these people have. These companies and these individuals have is frightening, unbelievable. They have, they have. You see, to me, they have more power than the Taoiseach or, or the government mm. ministers because you see, everybody. There's a fear factor out there. We can't talk about this because these people are are they're lashing money into into funds, into our party, into taking us away for inviting us out to to ask or to Royal Ascot we might get a look at the Queen driving up the middle <laughs> of the course or maybe over to Longchamp to the to the Prix de l'Arc. And they, these people are in a different planet. A lot of them are tax exiles. They don't pay any don't pay one shilling tax in this country and they own Billions. Billions, yeah. we, We've been told about them every day of the week. They're nearly the same as you like. And we're, they've been quoted like, I mean, it's it been, oh, what they're, what, they're, what they're capable of doing and, and everything. But the point about it is this trail of destruction that's running through this country at the moment from all ages is frightening. And uh, as you said, it's the odd, the odd person will come out and, you know, will write a book. That yeah. man down in New Ross, who was manager of the actual and posts, he got jailed. He was after spending, uh, gambling millions. 
a, a big leading bookmaking chain in this country had him all over the world. He had him in America, I mean, for the for the World Cup and racing, or for, and they had him in Longchamp, Ascot, all the matches in England. They done that with impunity. And who were the people that allowed that within those companies? Either all, a lot of them are publicly owned companies. They're in the stock market. You hear them quoted in the morning, this, this company is up and this company is down. These are all, this is all being ignored completely. Yeah. And now we're getting a regulator. And if our regulator over the bookie industry and over the gambling industry does the same job as our regulator did over the banking industry, <laughs> well then we're in, we can we can wave our hat at it and, wave, and, and say goodbye to Ireland. Right. We have some more messages. We have some more messages um, popping in here. Uh, Christy Kelly is back. He says, hi, Shirley. We'll have to put Pat into retirement after tonight. Don't say that. Don't give him ideas. You're doing a great job, panel. Top class also. He also says there are so many types of gambling at the moment, especially online. We talked about that. A new form of gambling that has come to the fore in the past two years, especially draws for cars, houses and all types of machinery and equipment with different clubs and private groups organising them seems to be an epidemic at the moment. And again, we kind of touched on that because even the National Lottery, you can play it online as well. You don't have to leave your home. I think if if, if it's a local club or, or that sort of thing, you kind of feel like you're, you're you don't mind, you're, you're, you're saying goodbye to the money in the first instance. You're, you're, it's it's more or less that you're giving it well, off to the club. I have a, I was telling you, I said, Fully because my lottery ticket. But you know what I mean? At least people can see where it's going. Yes. They can see, like, you know, <laughs> the end product. Are you sure and, of that, Gerald? Well, I've had no trips abroad, Tom. I've had, I wasn't chaperoned anywhere. So. I mean, <laughs> I think it would be a really that, inappropriate time to mention the 50 50 draws coming up on yeah. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I must say, the whole club, Fonicas Man, we all contributed every week. <laughs> Without a doubt, I mean, and we know it's for a good cause. Yes. I mean, and I don't think you're getting any sort of dopamine rush out no, of no, buying no, the tickets. No, it's not no, like it's, you're it's, at the you're match supply, you're, you're, you're supporting a local. <laughs> yeah. A local. You see about this going, and there is no overheads. There's no paid organisers around. And it's a minimal contribution anyway. But I do feel that, like you were saying, Tom. I mean, it's it's something that we need to deal with. And I, I, I. There's part of me at this stage who just goes, like, forget them up and blooming the doll. Do you know, we have to sort things out on the ground ourselves. Do you know? And, and in terms of the gambling, we need to sort it out by talking to the kids. By talking about how you get hooked in, yeah, just I as mean, much as we talk about it with gaming and everything All of the else. problems that we're talking about tonight, they're all to do with communication, clarity of communication, transparency of communication, you know, and the lack thereof. Mm. We are due an ad break and I have some more messages for us to discuss after the break. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of September 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Shirley O'Regan and Tom Ryan, Catherine Corwell and Carol McCatorn, as this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. 
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Thomas picked a very inopportune time to be choking. <laughs> you couldn't have choked in the outbreak. <laughs> and then we have we have some more messages, and we've kind of got a little bit of a backlog of messages, so we'll run through some of them because we're coming towards the end of the program. Um, so, firstly, we have Birdwatch Ireland are being investigated by the charities regulator. Does anyone on the panel know about this? Okay, so we might pop back to that. We also have Shirley, as Tom Ryan said, our lovely city centres and small towns are in decline. The question not being asked by anyone is why. I blame the proliferation of the many foreign discount stores in our small country. This situation has been made worse since shopping on the internet has become popular. So what is to become of our lovely historical towns and cities if there are no places of commerce? Who will promote a national debate about this? And that's from a listener from Tulla who is hearing us loud and clear. I have another message here that we might read before we discuss these then. Hello panel. Um, this is from John Marr and Castleman. Hello panel. I must say a lady's voice is like a breath of fresh air. Maybe Pat can do every second week. Don't be giving him ideas. <laughs> what do you think of Limerick's back to back All-Ireland win? And will they be going for three in a row? Also, can you congratulate your weekly panellist, Tom Ryan, for his outstanding coverage of the hurling season every Saturday on the Daily Mail newspaper. Tom always says it as he sees it, and that's what matters, and that is John Marr in Castlemahan. So what do we think? We have uh, the decline of our towns and city centres with the, the, the proliferation of foreign discount stores and online shopping. We have the investigation of Birdwatch Ireland by the charities regulator. And... What do we think? We think Limerick's back-to-back win? Well, I'd be expecting this. It's a fantastic achievement. It's three, or three wins, three All-Irelands over four years. It's but this is an unbelievable team. Yes. And uh, I, I would be thinking that it would be very hard to pause them. I don't see any team opposing them to go for three in a row. And uh, because they're a unique bunch of athletes and they have a, a huge and a very, very su- successful and good management team and they have you know they're, they're, I think that they're really doing it well what has enabled this is the actual the, the, the I suppose the bit of look in a way you know that we have this unique bunch of players at this particular time they're, they're, they're f- f- huge athletes mm. very skillful hurlers dedicated and disciplined and I think that uh, you know We'll be looking at them for a while yet. There's a couple more allowed the team because their their feeder is on the ground. But there's one thing I'd like to mention, you know, and I'm a bit sick of it now that uh, the ownership of the team, like the the team is owned by Limerick County and the people that that support it from Temple Linton to Dawn, and not by any individuals and not by any companies and not by any 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 other. People. And there's another issue as well, and it's been, I think, I mean, it's been, it's been like said a lot about the, our, our academies. You would actually think that, that certain people are after manufacturing and after uh, getting the academies up and running. The, the academies are there a long time. They were started by Brother Philip Ryan, Cameron Ryan, 
Tony Roach, Jerry Murphy behind in, in uh, back in the West and Temple Lantern and people like that who who really put in the foundation for the academy system in Limerick that has worked well. It, it hasn't been established for the last 10 years. It is there 20 years and, tis, and it was a good idea. And I'd like to, just to mention that, that these people appear to be forgotten about, but they put in the work early on. And now it, 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 it's this team, we say, like, has come through academies. But there's been a lot of teams come through the academies that weren't successful as well. So I'd like to have a small bit of fair play, like, in Sorry. that area. You know, that, that's one thing I'd like to mention here tonight. And I have another... Well, another. Don't I would say there, Shirley, is, uh, as a native of uh, Fionn Castle very proud that uh, Seamus Flanagan like, played, his, and played a very big part in, in the winning of Dal Ireland and all the other matches as well. Um, the one thing I would uh, like to stress as well is that prior to the All-Ireland final, a lot of comment was about you know, the physicality of the Nimrick team, as if that was uh, the end all and be all of, you know, of their like, abilities. Yeah. And I think they showed it on, on All-Ireland Day, and especially in the Munster final against Tipperary, that they're very skillful, sure. athletic, and uh, I believe that... Um, all going well, barring injuries, and you know, we've had a couple, you know, with Peter Casey, mm-hmm. etc. That um, and if they and Thomas, as Thomas said, they're all level-headed. Their feet are, are on the ground. There's no reason why, why we can't do a, a, a three in a row. And it will be <laughs> yeah. something that we're all very proud something of. Something to be hopeful We're looking for. forward to. Uh, Now I have another quick sporting uh, message in here from Mike from Kilmallock. He says, hello panel. Does the panel feel Kerry was treated fairly by the GAA and Tyrone over the whole COVID affair or were they conned by the Tyrone County Board? Hmm. Well, I think, I think Kerry were very sporting to say that they would wait until uh, Tyrone were, were so fit, that, that they had all their players back. I, mean, I think there's conspiracy theories out there now that uh, Tyrone were uh, no, uh, pretending you know, that it was worse than, than it was. I mean, they were laid off for the same length of time for as Kerry. Oh, I think, yeah. you know, I said that Kerry were caught in hop. There's an old story there. You look forward to the next game. I think Kerry were looking forward to, to meeting Mayo and they forgot her. About your own. You think of the bigger picture, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? Well, I wouldn't be as clear about it. I said a lot of questions to be asked in my book, you know, about the actual, the uh, the um, the extent of the COVID situation in the Tyrone camp. Because I think when we listen to people that have had COVID and those contacts of people that have COVID and they were very ill and very sick and even for the flu and maybe not every flu, you would find it very difficult to go out and do 90 minutes of Bungfrow Park. I'd be very sceptical about the whole situation myself and uh, but as as the thing is played on the day and you take it as you get it they got beaten and that was it I think but I'm afraid that, that even still when they're talking now about not discussing it or not producing any any data uh, on the players which I think they should have, have been made by Croke Park this is a very very important match for Kerry it's an important match for any county to, to be in an All-Ireland semi-final and I think for the bit flippant 
bike for a park and if it's sportsmanship or a carry but you expect nothing else and of, of many team you, you you like to go and I always send our team for to win and for to you know without making any excuses before or after but at the same time they definitely there is a grey area there and Tyrone haven't come up with the answers and they don't appear to be want to be asked any questions about it now yeah, we don't know like, was there any player on the pitch last Sunday or yeah, sorry, last Saturday well, they should have been actually the, got COVID yeah, or was it yeah, only yeah. A, a lot of close I doubt, if, I doubt if any of the players that played in, in Crow Park had COVID because in actual fact if they had they wouldn't give the exhibition of, of they wouldn't be able to, to able to contest at the level it was and the actual speed and the, with the extra time in particular you know there's no question about that there's a serious question mark but over that Tyrone, I don't know the same Cox uh, under 20s uh, they also got their all on uh, put back because they were claiming that they had COVID as well I have nothing against the match being put back at all I think for sportingly but I think the, G- the GA should have, have had a lot more proof of who had it or, mm-hmm. or what, what the whole situation was and they hadn't they took it again yeah. that, uh, and the boys in the north they're fairly they're fairly good at pulling fast ones and I, I, I wouldn't didn't didn't Beyond them to pull one here. So Just briefly, like what I would say okay. here is that no. Tyrone were always, you know, during the noughties, there were a, a bogey team for, for Terry. And also, on talking about you know, the upcoming Hall Island final, I think it's very sad that the attendance is still limited. Uh, they're adding another 1,000 or 1,500, which is ridiculous. I mean, there should be 60,000 left in there. May and Tyrone, fantastic. You know, f- first time ever. In a final, and why they won't allow in? If 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 I know people in in three or four weeks time, why can't you allow them in in, in two weeks time? Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, sir. I'm I'm just troubled <laughs> by it all. I mean, if if people have PCR tests, you know, are we standing by the PCR tests, or was it COVID, or was it just? Calling, I've got COVID rather than in a PCR test being shown. Well, this is, this, you see, Catherine, they didn't explain it. And uh, some of them hadn't been, I seemingly hadn't been vaccinated at all. They had no vaccine. So, I mean, there's a huge area of questions that they haven't answered. And they should have been made to answer those before they match to a place. That's what I think, anyway. And look, I've no, I mean, I'm carrying on charity, they have no fall island bone. And <laughs> to be fair about it, like, but I like to see this situation from administration and fair play being being looked at more and it should have been by Crow Park but Crow Park are flippant and Crow Park are, you, you, you can you know when they want to they can turn a blind eye as well and it, it, it brings us back to transparency again we're, we're, we, we keep we keep looping looping back to, to, to well, the same Crow Park surely are a bit like are a bit like um they're a bit like the Limerick City and County Council. <laughs> they're in develop. They have a development company you now buying land above in Dublin and building hotels. And I, I believe that a lot of people in this country have seen a lot of time, including myself, uh, with uh, in a voluntary situation. We're an amateur organisation, a very well representative of the country, and I didn't ever, ever like think that I was working for a development company that could build hotels above around Dublin and whatever other property they own and they own a lot of property. In my opinion, without any great proof, but from what I can see, they have a lot more attention now in the museums and sightseeing than they have in the games. And that's one thing about the GA that want to be pulled into line now very fast. 
Do you know, like that only one car should go over at a time. Now, and it used to be a case that people would sit back and they'd look. Is there somebody coming? But and you'd let the person go or you'd be let go <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And I, I'm, I feel like I've, I've become an old woman overnight <laughs> because I'm seeing young fellas on the road. They will not pull in. I'm taking an attitude like if they don't pull in and, you know. We're at time. Sorry, uh, but you know, it, there, yes. there has to be good there manners to, on yeah, the road. And, and I do, this I, to is something, myself, some as, night we should have, we should have a big debate says, here. We need to discuss it more and more fully. We should have a big debate in here. Why Absolutely. are rural people being protected to the same extent as urban people? We should have a debate And nobody is talking about it. Personal responsibility has come into this as well. I'm waving, I'm... We're waving goodbye. We are at our limit and we are we are only beginning. We could spend many more hours talking about this. Uh, thank you so much to Carol, to Catherine and to Tom. And huge thanks to Jason as well for producing this programme. We will be back next week. Pat will be back next week. And good night and take care. Thanks very much. Well, you know what? You know what? 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 1st of September 2021 from 9.30 to 11pm. Catherine Corwell and Carol McCatorn join Shirley O'Regan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.